0: Welcome to the Modernization as a Service podcast series hosted on Government Technology Insider. I'm your host, Matt Langan. In the third and final installment of this podcast series, Mike Masson, Vice President of Operations at Chenega Applied Solutions, is once again joining us today, and he's going to discuss the future of modernization in the federal government and how Mas will help agencies to continue their journey and avoid the pitfalls of past modernization efforts. And Mike, once again, thanks for joining us again. Glad to be back. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Let's kick it off. So, you know, while there's a lot of momentum around modernization at the moment, how can agencies ensure that progress doesn't stall out?
1: Yeah. If we think back to the last podcast that we did, we talked about having thought champions and kind of thought leaders within the government. And those types of of initiatives and those types of people need to be encouraged and given the breadth and space to be able to do what they need to do. But what we're seeing, And it's a good thing that's happening right now, as we are seeing, instead of these thought leaders pushing the modernization concepts and making sure that they, you know, they're kind of the pioneers on this trail, is that the actual DOD agencies are coming in behind them and coming out with memorandums and policies that are actually mandating modernization. And I think that's really what needs to happen. It needs truly, in order for modernization to succeed, we can't have just a bunch of people at the lower levels, you know, pushing it, it has to be promoted at the top, all the way up to the Pentagon, all the way up to the President of the United States. And it's actually really encouraging. With the current administration, we just got last week, the post defense budget for 2022. And in that we see a market increase in R&D efforts, all for the purpose of modernizing the DOD. And it's one of the largest, if not the largest, increases in the R&D budget that the DOD has had in at least a couple of decades. So that is exactly the kind of thing. So you have from the president, you know, as commander in chief coming up with the budget, you have the Pentagon leaders, you know, the joint chiefs. And then you have, you know, the individual secretariats within the DOD. If they all keep pushing this modernization thing you know, the troops below will respond. And those thought leaders will be given that encouragement, given that momentum from top leadership in order to be successful. And that's really what we need for this movement to succeed.
0: Yeah, great point there about the budget. Yeah, that's uh, certainly a good sign. And then also too, I believe you consider also software factories as being one of the core foundations for the future of IT modernization and government as well. And we'd love to hear more about that.
1: Sure. So the software factories, you know, obviously software is an absolutely critical part of what the DoD does, especially as we become more modernized, you know, everything runs on software. And in fact, we're dealing with right now, kind of the, I'm not going to say post COVID because we're still in COVID, but we're seeing some of the effects of COVID and how it's hit. And one of those things is silicon. Silicon is, there's a major silicon shortage, which means that we can't make chips and chips are going in everything. So, you know, in the acquisition process right now, even as we're trying to build things out, you know, there's huge delays and it's having effects on obviously computers, on weapon systems, on cars, because everything runs on software now. And so with the software factories being the ones that are going out and kind of pushing this modernization envelope within the DOD, they're really establishing a strong beachhead for the rest of the DOD and really kind of a model of how this can perform. So you see what the Air Force did with their software factories. And very quickly afterwards, you saw the Army with Army Futures Command. They just opened up a software factory down in Austin, Texas. And then you have the Navy with the Navy Forge software factory up in College Park, Maryland. So you're starting to see the different branches kind of modeling after each other and that I think is why the software factories are kind of critical to the future of modernization because they are the initial model they are the the proof point they're the success story that allows the rest of the DoD to know hey this is something that works this is not experimental we're seeing great results coming out of it and we need to replicate this model
0: nice nice let's switch over and talk about culture so how important is culture to the successful transformation for agencies and what are the different aspects of culture, and how can organizations like Chenega help
1: agencies to really adapt? Yeah, I mean, culture is critical, and in fact, what's really interesting is if you're familiar with kind of the agile manifesto, people on the surface, when you talk about agile, you go, okay, this is like a set of processes. This is kind of a way to approach getting to an end point, iterative processes, you know, sprint cycles, things like that. When you actually look at the original writers of agile. Their manifesto isn't a series of processes. It's almost like a philosophy. And that philosophy is kind of core to the culture that is necessary to transform agencies. Not that you have to buy into the particulars of the agile manifesto, but it's this culture of being open to change, to open to review and to try new things and really getting to a point where, you know, failure is is an option you know we hear the old adage from nasa from apollo 13 failure is not an option you know in that case that made a lot of sense but you know failure is an option when it comes to creating new stuff because you have to have the safety to try something and maybe have it not work so you can fix it and iterate on it and try it again and that is kind of not really a cultural aspect we see often in the dod and, you know, this might surprise a lot of people, but obviously the U.S. military and the Department of Defense, they're very risk adverse, right? So going out and trying new stuff, that's, you know, even though we've, we've seen so many cool examples of that over the decades, it really kind of breaks the mold of the current culture there. So with that cultural shift, we're going to see a lot more success. And getting to how organizations like Chenega can help out with that. Industry is critical. And I think, I think that the DOD is starting to discover that. And a great example of that is on our CNC program. That's the Collaborative Nerve Center out of Hanscom Air Force Base. We built a nice facility up there for them, but we have a team of engineers that are part of that team. And what they're doing, the reason the Air Force wanted these individuals to come in is because we're supporting a program called the ITES program, which is Enterprise IT as a Service which is this enterprise IT effort that the Air Force is leading. And they're really, you know, they're asking companies like Chamega to come in because they recognize that we have worked with industry. We've worked, you know, with the companies out in Silicon Valley. We know what they're doing. We're, we're, we're familiar with this. And we come in with a totally fresh look on how to approach change. And that is something that, you know, once again, those thought leaders in the Air Force and the DOD, they're looking at right now. And it's gotten to the point that, on our last contract that was awarded for us with Project Synergy we actually created a new position called a mass solutions specialist and the air force at first they're like what is this i was like this is a person who's generally just a solutions architect somebody who's you know incredibly read up on all the technology that's out there right now somebody that can macgyver you know technical solutions and we're embedding him in this contract to just be your tech guru so that we can continue outside of the build of the software factory as we do the maintenance of it and you know supporting the customer we can continue to bring innovative solutions and ideas to the customer so that they can continue because modernization is not a you know a single point you don't just get there and bam I modernized it's a constantly evolving process technology is changing every single day a lot of the software that we use today will be irrelevant 2 years from now a lot of the hardware as you know you have to buy a new phone every so many years because your iPhone 3 is a dinosaur compared to what they have today. So it really requires that kind of knowledge and that continuous you know, flow of information to the customer for them to remain on the tip of the spear.
0: Awesome. You know, Mike, really appreciate your time, not only for this episode, but for all three of the podcasts in this series. And before we sign off today, any final thoughts overall?
1: Yeah. So I'm just going to kind of give us a little bit of a plug here. So obviously our modernization as a service or mass, you know, it's that turnkey capability. What we do is we come in, we handle all aspects of the modernization process from an actual facility, your hardware, your software to the support services. And we manage it so that the government just kind of comes in and is able to focus on their mission, which is supporting the warfighter. And you know, what's great about that is it's a relatively plug and play process. We can do amazing things in very short time. So if you're listening to this and you're interested in checking it out, you can visit our website. It's casmas.com, C-A-S-M-A-S.com. You can check out some of our stuff, shoot us an email and let's have a conversation.
0: Awesome. Excellent. So this concludes the full Modernization as a Service podcast series hosted on Government Technology Insider, where Mike Mastin, who's the Vice President of Operations at Chenega Applied Solutions, really provided a deep dive perspective into how mass can truly help transform government IT modernization as we know it now and well into the future. And Mike, thank you so much for taking your time and doing this podcast series with us.
1: I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much.